You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. Mastering Ourselves offers sound answers to life's tough questions so that life can make more sense to you and healthy directions become clearer. Keith and Charmé bring you over 80 years of seasoned experience. They pursue truth and insights that are neither left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered, and can be used as a spiritual compass to help you on your path. Welcome to Mastering Ourselves. Welcome indeed. Thanks for joining us today, and what you got there? Well, you know, truth is the issue, and we could have our radio show and be very politically correct, but... If we were to speak truth and politically correct, we'd be very silent. <laughs> so you could, you know, just buzz on our radio show. Or, for truth's sake, because truth can set you free right with life and into your higher destiny. You know, the greater you, the greater harmony with life, creativity, productivity, contribution, fulfillment. So for truth's sake, we have this radio show and we seek to be morally correct rather than politically correct, rational and inspired for your benefit. We are a voice of truth in a very confusing world. That is our dedication to you, and we will forego being politically correct and all the little toop-de-doos around that for the sake of truth in earnest for all of us to pull together for a better world. And it's about um, Brother Ishmael Tedeth, who is uh, the founder and spiritual director of the Ethereum Mission in Ghana, West Africa. And while this man has a really good heart and really good intent... And he's a strong man. He's, he's trying to do right. Man. He is trying to do right. It's sort of like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Like, you know, he he's had some profound experiences and he's gone... He's done a pendulum swing, and I think he's he's missing some parts, which, you know, so they just they were very good points to bring up and talk about today. So I believe he's done considerably better than where he started, which were negativity and sin were just the whole thing, and I think he's gotten to a place further than that, but he's certainly not thoroughly right. But I think no. I think he's pioneering in the wilderness and improving, and I applaud him for this. Exactly. And, you know, our point of bringing this up is simply to, to help bring in more clarity to sp- specific parts. You know, he had an experience when he was a kid. He was five years old, and he wanted to play with his cousin, and his cousin was sick. He later fo- found out that his cousin was really sick. So... His parents told him that uh, he was very sick, could not come out and play, so he decided to pray for him. And within minutes of his praying, the little boy was up and out playing soccer. So, you know, that may have been pure gifted healing, or it may have been willing and forcing. You know, I, I don't know which in this case, but this is when it started for him, very, very young age. But then around the age of 19, he experienced a direct connection with what he calls the infinite. And here's where we begin some very interesting points. He said, uh, they, they ask if he could ex- uh, describe what that experience was like. And he says, yes, the infinite appeared to me in a vision. And when it appeared, it was in the female form. 
not female as a woman, but the energy of it was feminine. I was surprised that God could be feminine. Because the theology I had grown up with taught me that God was father. God was masculine. And the only masculine, and only the masculine was considered pure. Mm. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> well, what, what that's a, a problem. What a great, what a great space for lousy things to happen in. You know, it's an interesting thing. Keith and I have been around uh, extensively around ethereal guides, male, females, <laughs> the other version there is. And what's very clear on the ethereal plane is what they're they're always interested in is who has the bead. And what they mean by that, who has the connection to the truth in the moment? Who has the connection to right action in the moment? Like you're right on target, like shooting a gun, and you're right on the bead, and you're going to hit the target. It's like that. And it never matters to them if the soul is young or old. They don't care if the soul is male or female. They don't care... If it's a shapeshifter or a deer or whatever it is, what they care about is that I have, you have the bead, you're connected and you're going forward in alignment with the creator's decision in that moment. So in our home, our policy is whoever has the bead, it's he or she that shall lead. Exactly. So, you know, and this is, this is also very interesting to me what he's saying here. You know that in in Africa, but Africa isn't the only place that's teaching teaching that uh, you know God is male and that uh, the masculine is the only thing that is considered pure. I mean, yeah. think of the Catholic Church; they won't even let women be priests because yeah, I don't even know why. Muslim, Chinese, yeah, the list it goes on. You and know, on in and Buddhist, on. most of the monks, you know, they're guys. You know, I think that has to do with uh, uh, the menstruation cycle. I think that women can't be clean because they have the menstruation. I don't, I don't know what else it could be, you, but you know, I I've been around a lot of people and a lot of people pursuing God, and I'll tell you, if you're going to say that the women are inferior to men, boy, oh boy, oh boy, I just don't get it. And then I look at the state of the earth and uh, how many men are in control and. How well they've done. <laughs> and, and the state I, of chaos, did you say? I, and, and, I, and I go, well, if the masculine was the only thing considered pure, then we're in trouble. You know, uh, if you don't follow God's natural balance and, and do how n- nature made it, like, you know, man's one half the deal, female's one half the deal, and you gotta respect both of them to have wholeness. You know, like, um, We'll say the Muslims, the, the women are demeaned compared to the men. The men could do what they want with the women. They can have as many wives as they want. You don't hear the women having any husbands as they want. And you have the flag that's a slit, like, you know, it's a, it's a, like a sword more than a full moon that's female. You have a total bias towards masculinity, and you have a total suppression of the women. I, I shouldn't say total. A huge suppression of the women. And um, look where they're going. Uh, destruction, hatred, justifying, uh, killing people right and left and saying this is God's will. They're missing the female side. If you miss the male side or the female side, it's going to go just amok. 
to, to maybe over in, in the United States, we're missing the male side, and we're getting so permissive everywhere that no one has the right backbone, the right boundaries, the right direction. They just go, you know what? Everything's okay, sweetheart, while they're just having a, a heck of a time tolerating sweetheart. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. If you'd like to call in for a reading or healing, we're at 1-800-336-2225. He goes on to say the feminine was considered unclean, so this feminine manifestation brought a flood of new awareness and understanding into my consciousness. So here's the other thing I want to say. Um, we really never see God appear to us. Nobody ever really sees God. What you're really seeing is your immediate guides that are appearing to you to bring messages. Um, or, and- or the symbol they're trying to show you, like a bright light. You know, you're not seeing God. If you, if where we are, as gross as we are, saw God full out or any any close aspect of him, we would simply burn up. It would be too much for us. You know, it's always interesting to me. It's like, uh, you know, let's say you have a million currents going through a line and you sh- you hook it into you and you're only used to a 110 at best. You know, it's going to just burn you out. And that's the same thing with seeing God or being close to God. You can't take that much. You can take maybe, uh, uh, let's see, five or six levels down from God, maybe, but you can't take... True God. So, you know, this is a holy thing which this guy experienced, but it wasn't God. It was in the hierarchy direction of God helping him. It's true. You know, in fact, Keith and I find ourselves to being a little bit more grounded, if you will, in these matters. You know, a lot of people say that Jesus is their personal guide. And while, you know, I know Jesus does a lot out there. Personal Savior? No, personal guide. Personal guide, guide. okay. Okay. And I know that Jesus does a lot out there to help a lot of people, but he's a really, really busy guy. And odds are, you know, what I notice about him as a guide is he pops in on occasion for particular key Key, points. Keystone occasions, like a cornerstone. Exactly. And so in our lives, he comes at cornerstone, like we're going to have you do this, or here's what I'd like you to know. But not very often, because all that we really need comes from other guides that aren't as busy as he is. So generally, when people are thinking that God or Jesus is their particular personal guide, really what they've got are other guides, and they've just sort of confused it. People also think that they're hearing directly from God, and what they're really hearing from is the guides that they chose before they were born. And, you know, they are God in a way because everybody has God in them, but they're the one, they're, they're the guides that the people particularly chose before they were born, and that's who they're communicating directly with. Clearly a higher realm on our way to God, you know, they're, at the particular time at least, uh, they're closer and they have your guidance. But like I say, it's like a, a a million volt line hooked into you. You know, like I I was uh, I saw God or I was connected to God. Million volt line, it would just completely burn us out. Whereas, you know, maybe the upgrade is a, a 180, and we got you know we're used to a, a 110 volt. 
and so we got or 110 watt and so we got some of that but we didn't get it so it would burn us out we got an upgrade but not where it burned us out so it's a hierarchy on down to us you know there's a famous uh, book series called conversations with god and you know i believe that's another round of that the author neil donald walsh was not in direct communication with God any more than any of the rest of us were or are, but rather that there was a series of guides set up to work with him to help whatever answers he brought through. So I think that that those books would have been more aptly called Conversations with the Guides. Right. And instead of Conversations with God. And, folks, all of you have an ability to do that. He's not special. Yeah, we we would never say Conversations with God here. No. And actually, everybody has an ability to have a conversation with your guide. Everybody. You are all included in having that ability. And, you know, part of what we do on this show is help you to know the various ways that the guides are talking to you. So even if you aren't maybe a telepathy master, you can still get the messages. See, that's kind of like what we talk about when we talk about different body illnesses and how they're pointing to your lessons. Those are messages from your guides. Or omens that are coming in, like your plumbing goes out in the house. Those are messages. So anybody can hear from their guides from a way broad directions and ways of hearing from them if you'll just open yourself to expanded areas. So Conversations with God is a great compelling title, but it's an inaccurate title. That's right. And maybe just a little bit of ego in there. Little squeeze. Maybe just a perhaps. L- maybe just a little bit of ego in there. Like, wow, look what I did. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts. If you'd like to call in for a reading healing, we're at one eight hundred three three six two 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 five. And thanks for being with us. We'll be back with more. Hang on. back. Thanks for staying with us. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. If you'd like to call in for a reading or healing, we're at 1-800-336-2225. So we're talking out of uh, Religious Science of Mind magazine, an interview with uh, Brother Ishmael Tedith, who is the founder and spiritual director of the Ethereum Mission in Ghana, West Africa, and he had the experience with what he called the infinite, or God, and he's describing that to us, and we've been commenting on it. So the next thing he said, so this feminine manifestation brought a flood of new awareness and understanding into my consciousness. I realized then that good and evil are just our own creation. How do you like that one, dear? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so. You know, we can draw good or evil to us, and we can dwell on positive or negative. But, um, boy, you know, for instance, I've done very in-depth personal healings. I'm a psychic soul healer of 37 years, and you go way into the people's bones, way into their soul, way into their past lives to help them figure out what on earth is going on with certain aspects of their lives. And believe me... Some of these people, not not just them, but my own experience in my own dealings, some of these people have pestering negative outer uh, uh, forces working on them 
But I, I just got to say, by and large, our own our own choices, how we deal with our ego and how we deal with honorably dealing with things is what opens the door a lot to the dark side. I also believe that some something like this, God commissioned Lucifer to come challenge us and work on our weak spots until, by golly, uh, we're foolproof. I think that's part of the plan here. I think it's under God's control. Lucifer actually didn't get out from God's control if God didn't want it. But the plan is is that we get niggled and bothered and bugged and tempted and teased and confused until we finally work our way out of this and become the realized whole souls that is in our core self to be. It's, it's in all of us. We all have a God self, and once we find that, then the powers of the dark side and Lucifer lose their grip and confusing um, uh, confusing our mind and our perception. They just lose that power. You know, we've said before that Africa is a place of really hard karma. I mean, there's just a lot of people learning really difficult lessons on that particular continent. I mean, it's happening everywhere, but that Boy, place just seems to be... it up. Right, and and you know it almost seems like he's doing a pendulum swing from you know dealing with all the dark that's going on over there, and then trying to pendulum into there is no dark. <laughs> you know, we see people that try to deal with their ego and their issues in life by doing a violet flame or the white light on it or something, and you know that can help to some degree, and it can help you have a positive hope, and it can help you burn off some of the dross. But you also have to deal with the dark side of things. If you don't, they stay there. You can't fluff them away or bypass them or yep. or to visualize to, them away. To transform them, you have to go in yeah. and talk to them and change them and move the parts out of you and uh, grow up in those areas. You can't just put a covering over them that looks good and, and put a nice smile and that handles it. So um, I'm going to go on and read another part of what uh, Brother um, uh, Ishmael Tedith, the founder and spiritual director of the Ethereum Mission in Ghana, West Africa. Here's what he goes on to say about his understanding of disease. He said, I had learned that when you come to discover God as a loving presence, there is no longer a need to pray or destroy disease. Pray to to pray to destroy disease. Rather, you pray without seeing the disease as part of the cellular body. So basically, what they're doing there is they want to um, take you back to what they would call your original perfect way of being before the disease came. But the problem with this approach is they're not dealing with the lesson that the disease is a result of. The disease is there because you have a lesson that you haven't gotten. You wouldn't need to have that disease if you had gotten the lesson pre-disease. And that goes with any of the diseases that we have. Illnesses and diseases are an opportunity for us to learn a lesson. 
And that's why a lot of people, when they get major diseases, say it was the greatest gift they ever got because it was the doorway for them to learn the particular lesson they had. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, helping humanity wake up one show at a time, Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. If you'd like to call in for a healing, give us a call at 1-800-336-2225, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves. If you want to call in for a reading healing, we're at 1-800-336-2225. So we're talking here about, um, again... An interview with Brother Ishmael Tedith, who is the founder and spiritual director of the Ethereum Mission in Ghana, West Africa. And he's talking about praying to, you don't pray to destroy a disease, rather that you pray to see the body without the disease. You know, that certainly is a method. But, you know, years ago, I was, you know, I've been a healer for a lot of years, and I was... First of all, sort of envious uh, to some degree of, wow, these Philippine healers and different uh, tr- little tribes here and there throughout the world, they have these healers that could just, boom, take a problem away kind of thing. But what irritated me, it wasn't the kind of healer I was. Um, to me, I called them, eventually ended up calling them something like a phenomenal Band-Aid. Because the, <laughs> they would heal the symptom and, you know, great, great, but then... The the person was usually not whole in spirit. They might have been enhanced, and a lot of these people are really sincere, religious, spiritual, loving, caring people. But in the healing work I have been called to do, it's more like help the person uh, become whole and enlightened because enlightenment equals invincibility, equals salvation so if you want true salvation you don't have somebody save you you don't have somebody heal you you work on your enlightenment unto the place where you're invincible when you're invincible there's salvation because you're whole and corruptness can't get a hold of you corruptness is here for a reason it's to fester like disease and get out of hand due to your impureness unwholeness or imbalance with life and so once you get pure and whole and balanced, the disease can go away. Now there's the healing I'm looking for, the healing through enlightenment instead of, oh, feel sorry and compassionate for these poor people, give handouts to them, help them out, but they're still steeped in their ignorance in whatever pocket there is. You know, we all have our brand of ignorance. I have Keith's brand of ignorance that I've been the, the, from my ego Corn fed, <laughs> and yeah, I've been chasing those things down all my tomato life. Tomato fed. Tomato fed. Okay. Yeah. So I've been chasing those down because somehow, and I'm glad to be at the place I am because those things are smaller and smaller and smaller. I always keep looking over my shoulder though because I've been mightily deceived, thinking I had my act together a lot better than I've had it together numerous times in my life. So while we are pursuing a. Uh, uh, you know, a strong path, we're also open-minded to, you know, we don't have all the answers and we keep checking out and asking each other, asking uh, 
people, reading books, doing introspection, asking our guides, you know, so that we make sure that we have all sides seen and we're right according to the stride we should be in in our path to enlightenment. Once again, enlightenment leads to invincibility. Invincibility is actually when you are in salvation. You are saved. You're not saved by somebody healing you, uh, somebody saving you. You're healed because you walk the path of enlightenment through many challenges and through many uh, uh, temptations uh, in life. And you walk it upright and you walk it solid. There is where you're going to get salvation. Now you have guides and beings and helpers and ministers and enlightened this and that helping you on the way, but you're the one who's going to have to walk it. You're the one who, in the end, walks the path of enlightenment, which means you stay in light no matter what's going in you, no matter how much darkness, no matter how much confusion, no matter how much trickery, you manage to quickly stay and and stay enlightenment, which means you stay invincible, which means salvation. This is of the spirit first, and then it happens to the flesh. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions, Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. For those of you who have just joined us, we are talking right now about Brother Ishmael Tedeth, who is the founder and spiritual director of the Ethereum Mission in Ghana, West Africa. Now, this is a man with a great heart, and he has great intent, but he seems to be misguided, and we wanted to talk about some of these points because they apply to a lot of people. So he says, rather than praying to destroy the disease, disease, Rather, you pray without seeing the disease as part of the cellular body. You don't pray to cast some evil out of the person. You know, in a way, I take a little bit of issue with the notion of disease being evil. You know, disease is a knocking at the door. It's a tap, tap, tap saying, excuse me. You've missed this part of your lesson over here. Wake-up call. Yeah, it's a wake-up call. You missed this, so you need to come back over here and deal with this. And you might say, I didn't want to deal with that. And they go, yes, well, see, the problem is is you're slated to deal with it. You've agreed to deal with it. It's time for you to deal with it. And so we've brought this disease to you to remind you so that, you know, you, you we're going to put you in a corner so that you have no choice but to deal with it. And that isn't necessarily some horrible evil but it is a lesson knocking at the door. You know, I would rather deny it and, and act like I have it handled. Can we act like it just doesn't exist and I don't have to deal with it? Don't you wish? Yeah, well, it doesn't work that way, but there's a lot of people in those rose-colored glasses or laziness that, you know, just won't go after. There's something more here, and it's corrupt from my side out, too. So he goes on to say, instead you pray to reveal the person, the person's God nature. You see, their disease is their God nature. In the moment that somebody has illness, that is God knocking at the door saying, hey, this points to an area that you haven't gotten it quite right yet. So we've brought you this disease or this illness or this broken bone or this whatever so that you will take another closer look. You know, it's kind of interesting. We say this often, but it always bears repeating. The subconscious mind knows what all the body parts mean in terms of the lessons they bring. So if you're having a problem with your liver or your lungs or your heart, 
your body, your subconscious mind knows exactly what that disease is telling you and where to guide you. Now, for you out there who are interested in being on a more conscious spiritual path, you can take that from your subconscious to your conscious, and then you can learn the lesson with more grace and speed. And that's part of the purpose of this show, Mastering Ourselves, is to take lessons from the subconscious to the conscious so that we can learn them consciously, which actually moves faster. So actually, our disease is our God nature talking to us. And if we want to learn the lesson faster, we take it out of the subconscious and get conscious and go, oh, you mean if I'm having a knee problem right now, it means because I'm being stubborn somewhere? Okay, where am I being stubborn and what do I need to release and transform so I'm not like that anymore? And then chances are your knee's going to heal from the inside out. You know, I believe this man is a very strong man and a very incredibly compassionate man. And he was in a religious setting, let's say, and a uh, cultural setting that was completely devastating, absolutely negative, and just thoroughly hopeless and discouraging. So I believe he made an adjustment to that, which is better than simply like there's no hope. And you focus on, yes, we are whole and there is a a cure for this uh, incurable disease and that kind of thing. And I think he he will eventually, I, I totally feel good about him, except for, you know, he's not in his higher direction just yet. By God, he's doing a lot to get there. He's doing a lot of good intent. So he's on the way there. And um, so he's trying, but he simply does not have it of going in and dealing with the issues. And once again, the whole area that he's in, as I tune into him, seems to be filled with despair and hopelessness. So you almost can't bring out too much of the negative side of a person because They've been negative this, negative that all their life. So I think he's doing a compensation. The problem is he's talking like that's the answer, and it's simply a step. He says here that you are not against something, like being against the disease, that you are for something, like your God nature. But, you know, the truth of it is, is, you know, even if I had a disease, I still wouldn't be against it because it's talking to me. You know, you folks are saying, boy, I wish I could hear my guides. And I go, well, pay attention to what's going on with your body, and your guides are talking to you through your body. You know, I've never seen anybody successfully deal with their ego by uh, denying the negativity of it. Yes. And disease is an outcropping of the imbalance and corruption of the ego. Yes. So to deal with the ego, you actually, you know, I mean, you can do certain levels of blessing and willing and that kind of thing from your heart and, and help, you know, help some miraculous things happening. But actually the true healing of invincibility or enlightenment comes when you transform people's ego. And these people that are in the miserable state, was it in Africa? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's a lot of horrendous karma from other lifetimes of people. Many of them weren't Africans before, but they were aggressive people that were violent or cruel or whatever, you know, negative to other people. And they've come to the continent of Africa, which has a greater majority of people paying hard karma than most continents, and they're paying hard karma for it. So... 
to transform or to heal this actually is these people got there because of their ego, because of the karma of their ego and the lessons they need to learn. And so they're just in a, in a mire of a, of countries and, and cultures that are, and even the religion, the Muslim religion is one of the biggest scourges, scourges over there. Religions that are, you know, have a lot of darkness in them. And the way to get through this is deal with our ego. This man has a lot of goodness. He hasn't got to this step yet. So he goes on to say in this article, um, moving on, that they had prayed for 10 years that um, somebody from the West would come and link up with the, the, uh, with their group. They prayed for an entire year every day. Mm-hmm. And then 10 years later, there was a uh, Western minister that went to meet them. Is that Rick Warren? No. Okay. No. Don't you wish. It all happened just according to our prayer, he said. I told him about us and who we are, saying that we are Christians, but also Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists, as well as followers of the spirituality of our ancestors. You know, I think it's a great idea to uh, mix and blend the various different religions, because I think there's value in all the different religions. The only one I would use some care with is uh, the Muslim, because there's so much at the basis of the Muslim well, you know, in, in the Muslim, every Surah, I think it's called, like, you know, we have the book of the Bible, they have the Surah of the Quran, they have so many Surahs, we have, I think, 66 books of the Bible, something like that. Every Surah has wars in it, and, and fighting wars against the infidels. In the Bible, every book has uh, how to get yourself right with God, and right in your character, and in right action. They're based in two different ways. They are. They are. So I'd be concerned about that. And that doesn't mean there aren't good Muslim people either. No question about that. There's got to be oodles of good Muslims. Millions, I bet. Yeah. No question. There's got to be because there's way too many of them and they aren't all hell-bent on destruction. You you know, we're all people all over the world. You know, we simply are, most of us, born into certain cultures and religions. So he said, yes, that's what they were too. And this guy said, Dr. Uh, Minister Tedis, or Brother Tedis said, I said that we don't believe in devil, but in the all-loving presence of God. So they want to turn their backs to an entire half of the universe and declare that God is only love rather than God is all and that God includes everything, which includes evil. And he said, yes, that's what they believe in too. And you know who the minister is? Uh, Dr. Michael Beckwith. Oh, boy. You know, this is a lot. I think what, you know, Dr. Michael Beckwith is, you probably, many of you have heard of him. He's pretty big in the New Age community in the United States. And so he's saying that they actually believe that there is no devil and all there is is the loving presence of God. I would be aware of that message. Mm -mm. I would be aware of that message. I Boy. would not turn my back to the fact that there is mm. evil in this world. These people need to get out more. <laughs> I, I mean, when you when you really deal with light oh, in the world, funny. you come up against a great deal of darkness, and these people more. haven't come up against that. So that's your whole answer. They need to get out more. Cause well, they, they need to press further in the light, because the further you press in the light, the more you see the dark that tries to resist it. 
Boy, that's the truth, isn't so it? So these people maybe haven't pressed far enough in the light. You know, I, I love this, uh, Teta, is it? Yes. Yeah, teta. Yes, Brother Ishmael Teta. You know, I can see a lot of goodness in him, but still he doesn't have the full picture. You know, and I don't either. But No, nobody has the full picture. I, I sort of was where he is a lot of years ago. Yes. And we would like an idealistic world. It would be a wonderful, sweet thing. And, you know, people that want to say that all there is is the loving presence of God, you know, that's kind of, again, the way that people think that... Um, you know, God is all about love, but I think God is about love, but even more importantly, he's about evolution. If the, you know, if that weren't true, why is he set up the world of half dark, half light to play off each other to keep, uh, producing growth and pushing everybody upwards? God will evolve. God will have us evolve. And if, if we don't do it willingly, we do it, we get pushed in the corner, but if, we will evolve. If that wasn't the case, then why do we have pre-birth contracts with lessons? The whole, our whole. Is to grow. Our whole earth existence is about the lessons we're here to grow with. That's evolution. That's not just love. That's evolution. That's the big focus. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts. Thanks for being with us today. When we come back, we'll cap it all off. See you in a moment. And we're back. Let's talk a little bit further about evolution. If all God was about was love, why would he bother to have everybody come in with pre-birth contracts? Let's take this a step further. When you've written your pre-birth contract on a soul level, before you can come to earth, you have to take that pre-birth contract to the karmic board. God has set up a karmic board. By the way, it's not a past life board. It's not like past lives are the big deal. You know, a lot of people want it to be that past lives are the big deal. It's the karmic board. And the reason it's the karmic board is because what matters is how are you tending to your positive and negative karma? Do you need to do more? Do you need to do less? Are you too hard on yourself? Are you too soft on yourself? How are you faring in your soul? And then in your pre-birth contract that you go to your karmic board about, the questions are, what are you going to do to evolve further? What lessons are you going to take on? What masteries are you going to pursue? What are you going to do to contribute? How are you going to grow and change? The rhyme and reason and purpose that you would come down to a new lifetime in the earth school. None of that smacks to me of being all about only love. That smacks to me about soul growth. That smacks to me about evolution. So anybody who knows anything about sacred contracts, pre-birth contracts, whatever you want to call it, the whole point of those is that you get to grow and learn. That's the whole point. So when people say, well, God is only about love and that's all that's important, they've missed the whole point. The whole point is that we're here to grow and learn and evolve. You know, I can just imagine, uh, you know, a lot of the mindsets I see, God is only love because, you know, frankly, I don't want to deal with anything else. (laughs) So God is only love, and I'm going to hang out with the loose people or or the idealist people that, you know, they have 30 pounds of idealism and, and two ounces of realism. You know, that doesn't work. 
true realism with with some idealism, you can launch that rocket all the way to the moon. Too much idealism without the nuts and bolts realism underneath it, it will simply be pipe dreams that you can uh, have whims and, and entertain little sparks of imaginings, but it doesn't get off the ground. So what are you avoiding in your life in terms of your soul growth? What lessons that are you that keep knocking at that old door that you just keep going, oh, boy, I really don't want to do that? You know, Charmaine and I even notice and honor the karmic lessons of animals. And like the animals of the Serengeti, let's say you have these antelope, and you have just some antelope that aren't paying attention, they're going to be prey to the gators or the lions or something. And so they have to pay attention, and let's say they don't and they get eaten right away. Next lifetime, they're going to be wiser, they're going to be more weary, they're going to be more mature, they're going to be more evolved, less foolish. They're not going to get eaten as fast. They're not going to starve out in drought as fast. They're going to figure out a different range to go through or whatever, or stay at a whole water hole longer or whatever. Everything is evolving, and if they don't catch on, they get the consequences. And if you get the consequences, it stings. So let's say next lifetime you you have an extra alertness so that that same problem doesn't come back to you. So God will have us evolve either by us paying attention and being wise and cooperating with how we're you know how we can get it, or we get kicked in the butt, one way or the other. Who's coming on tomorrow? Mm, Founding Fathers. Founding Fathers. It's a great book, really a good book on the religion and the presidents that were going, the mindset of them and the Founding Fathers of the United States. Now, come on. You can do it. Stretch into. The greater you. You'll love yourself for it, and we'll love you too. We'll see you tomorrow.